Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, dear listener. Welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. This week, I am finally releasing my sleep special. So we're talking about how sleep affects anxiety, how anxiety affects sleep, and what we can do about it with sleep expert Tom Coleman. For this episode, Tom has kindly offered a pair of tickets to one lucky listener for his event called The Fear Workshop, where you will be empowered to take control of your fear. And it's happening in Dublin in January 2020. So I'll pop the link in the podcast description for more details. To win, simply share this podcast on social media using hashtag the fear workshop and I will pick a winner very soon. Thank you so much to those of you who have subscribed to the podcast and a special thank you to those of you who have signed up to support me on Patreon. It means so much to me and it's your monthly donations that help to keep the podcast going. So if you've yet to sign up and you would like to, there's no pressure to, but if you would like to, you can add to the owning a tip jar by going to www.patreon.com forward slash Caroline Foreign. Thank you so much and I really hope that you get something out of this episode. So I'm so thrilled to be joined now on Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast by Tom Coleman, my sleep guru, really, is what I'm <laughs> going to call you. I'm going to let you describe your role and what you do and how you came to be this sleep expert. Right. Um, well, firstly, thanks for having me. And um, I, my interest in sleep began, I suppose, nearly 10 years ago. I, I was working with a lot of high-level athletes and we started to look at what had the biggest impact, really, on a recovery and performance. And I had worked a lot in nutrition, and obviously that, that played a key role. Um, and I found that sleep was one of those things that had a huge impact, especially on things like decision-making and shot accuracy uh, and, and those type of things that really impact uh, teams. And you, you kind of see this towards the latter stages. You, know, you see crucial decisions being made. So that's that's where my um, interest began. So and sports then, first and foremost. Sports first and foremost. And then... I got to work with some of the Irish rugby guys. Um, I got I, I went around and I gave talks and workshops to all the academies and senior uh, players in Ulster, Munster, Leinster and Connacht. I think uh, when Harvard call it one of the three pillars of health, we really have to take note when, when Harvard say that it has just as much of an impact on your health and well-being as, as what you eat. You know, it's so, it's so undervalued, I feel, or it's almost the first thing we get cut out of our lives. So that's where my interest began. And then... Um, 
after doing the workshops with the guys, actually so much of what I done with the rugby guys ended up being the elephant in the room of I'm lying awake, I'm I'm worried about you know, my, my contract is coming up. I mean, like, all of this stuff. And, and you know, suddenly it went from a kind of sleep talk to to teaching them tools and how to deal with that. Because, I, I mean, for me, that's 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 the elephant in the room, is, is what do I do when I'm lying there? And it's like a hamster on a wheel. Your brain is going, I won't let go of something, you know? And you're worried and you're stressed and you're anxious. And, I mean, it's the worst time possible because you can't read about it, can you, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know? Well, that's something I'm just all too familiar with and people will know from listening to the podcast over the last two series now when I suffered when my anxiety was really Mm. really horrific in 2014 when it all kind of came crashing down on me one of the first things Mm. the first obvious signs to me was how it affected my sleep and I would pretty much confidently say I didn't sleep like a good night's sleep for about four months I couldn't get to sleep I in the middle of the night I didn't even feel tired I just lay there I was probably permanently exhausted, but it just felt a bit wired. I would just lie there mm. just thinking, you know, thinking about everything. And then in the morning, because I hadn't rested, I would feel obviously 10 times worse with the anxiety. And I felt like sleep, if you took away sleep on mm-hmm. its own, you know, it's a form of torture in some absolutely in some parts of the world. That alone would be a major trigger of anxiety. But I already had so much else going on and sleep was one of the elements that was making it so much worse. But also the anxiety was so bad that I couldn't sleep. So I was stuck in this catch 22. Of course. So for so long in this series, I've been meaning to sit down with you and you're just such a busy man. It took <laughs> till now uh, to, to really try and unpack the role of sleep mm-hmm. in anxiety and how one affects the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure what you think is like the best place to start, but I think mm. maybe you said there people don't appreciate yeah. the value of sleep and yeah. really what is the role of sleep? So that's a that's a really good question. And scientists are still struggling to answer this, believe it or not. I mean, we, we, we know so much more now about sleep than we did 20 or 30 years ago. And there's new there's new data coming, you know, there's new, there's new research coming on board on a daily basis. So like, let's look at the role of sleep. I suppose we'd look at physical recovery and psychological recovery really, because that's your, your body goes into a dormant state. But there's a hell of a lot happening. There's a lot happening in terms of what's going on in your brain and what's happening in your body. We, we all have a circadian rhythm, which is a, a 24-hour rhythm that we, we fall into. And the different organs and systems in the body do different things at those times. And sleep forms a huge part of that. And we are creatures who, you know, we are designed to get up in the morning and, and, and uh, follow, be awake during the day, hunt, gather, feed, do whatever else, and then at night, sleep. And I suppose if we break it down to looking at some of the different systems and how how it affects those things. So if we first, I mentioned recovery first, so let's look at sort of tissue and cellular repair. It's called, I mean, they call it beauty sleep, right? For for a very good reason. So much uh, tissue repair happens at night. So a new collagen for the skin is made at night. So, I mean, you know, it's only the first thing that people um, start talking about. I look terrible. Pretty bad night, and you know your 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 skin starts suffering. Your eyes, your hair, all that kind of stuff. So cellular regeneration. So seventy five percent of the growth hormone that is secreted, or there or thereabouts, is secreted during the deep phases of sleep. And it makes sense that when the body is in a dormant state, a lot of the repair can happen. And then there's the psychological repair and yeah. strengthening and fortifying. That so happens. that is critical. I mean. Most of the physical stuff happens in, in, in the earlier stages, in the first few hours of sleep, two to three hours of sleep, shall we say. And then the psychological repair, a lot of that happens in the latter phases. So basically, I suppose, when we miss out on sleep, we're, we're, we're getting the physical repair, but we're not getting the psychological repair. 
And so if we go to bed too late, we're missing the physical repair, yeah. or if we go to bed, get up too early, we're well, missing the psychological. We won't that? miss the physical repair, I would say, because if you go to bed too late and you 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 fall asleep, your first two deep stages right. will look after the physical stuff. More likely is we'll we'll miss out on the on, on the psychological repair, and that ha- and we know this. I mean, if you've ever had a few hours sleep and you're up early. The next day you're walking around and you're you're just not functioning mm. psychologically or emotionally at the same level. You know the smallest thing can can cause a crack and you know you can get worried, get stressed out, cry, do you know do whatever. Um, so and on, a, on a good night's sleep for a healthy person, what mm-hmm. can we expect to happen from a psychological standpoint? So from a from a psychological standpoint, or neurological, or neurological, your brain must clean itself up at night. So what what some of the mechanisms of how sleep works is two. Two, two main mechanisms um, one of them is where we're exposed to light and we get a plaque build up on the brain an actual plaque build up on the brain during the day and am, it's amyloid plaque beta amyloid so what happens at night is your brain must clean itself and it's like I suppose when we exercise this metabolic build up in the muscles in the bloodstream and your your lymphatic system cleans that up now your lymphatic system does not extend to the brain so the brain must clean itself up using the cerebral fluid that's present in our brain so we have uh, the cerebral fluid flushes the brain out and really helps uh, get rid of that plaque from a psychological point of view memories are embedded so if we look at memory building that happens in different phases um, and, and you know so memories are embedded at night as well um, and then I suppose our mood and all of those things are are profoundly affected as well. So there's so much happening uh, from a psychological standpoint and from a neurological standpoint that you know, it really is crucial for normal functioning that that we get that uh, good quality sleep and those those hours. And what else does sleep do for the psychological well being? Does it help us regulate emotions? What else? You know, it's it's such a significant tool. It's such a part, an essential part of the puzzle for your well being. From yeah. how you think, the thought process you're going to have, mm-hmm. how you react to things. I think that's where you can really see it. I mean, you you mentioned torture earlier on. Every every army in the world. Um, the first thing they do when they train recruits is they, they take away sleep. And that basically takes down the barriers and they put them under severe stress in a controlled environment. So then you start to see the, the cracks from a psychological point of view. You start to see the weaknesses in, 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 in the person. Wow. You know, so that's that would be standard practice uh, across all armies. Take away sleep and put stress on the person and watch what happens and see how they react to that. Okay. Uh, and that's that's very quickly... Uh, you, you you will see the cracks from a, an emotional point of view. So even if you've no other stress in your life, if you take away sleep, you're mm-hmm. replacing it with stress because it's a stressor on the body, not to sleep. Yes, uh, sleep would be seen as a health protective activity, okay. which is which is incredible, really, uh, when you think about it. I mean, you're you're taking away one of those pillars that we took that we spoke about, and you're 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 putting the body under um, a severe amount of stress by. By just doing that, you don't even need to be. Uh, you don't even need to be in a job you don't like. Or, yeah, you know. absolutely. Um, and, and then I think that relationship that that you spoke about. So you know, if if you are anxious, if you're stressed out, if you're worried, you're under pressure, and that gets going, then you you're going to be activating that that fight or flight. You know, and you're not going to be able to sleep. Um, and why is that? Because you're activating your nervous system and your endocrine system. Because we, I suppose, we deal with threats in a, in, 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 in a different way now than I suppose when you know it's, it's fight, flight or freeze yeah. that's what happens to us right So, I, and I know, you, I know you, you, you know a lot of this because what I really liked about listening to your podcast was that you went out 
and you were like, I'm going to find a solution to this. Mm-hmm. And you tried everything. And I love that, you see. And, and like that's part of my story as well, is, is going out and finding, let's, let's try everything here. So what happens is, um, when we get uh, a threat of any kind, so we have this little part of a brain called the amygdala, it's mm-hmm. like an amyl, you, you know, there's an amyl, sort of almond shape. It's a and bastard, it, so it is sometimes. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, some people have an enlarged amygdala, so they might get more a more profound response, which is interesting. Wow. You know? And we don't we don't know this unless we unless we scan the brain. Okay. okay? Which I'm actually doing next week. Oh that's so cool. I'm getting a neurological map made of my brain uh, with amazing. Rezzy for his podcast. So then I'll be able to report back to you and tell you how messed up I really am. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's incredible. So yeah the amygdala response we have something called the amygdala response as well. Uh, I mean, this is this was hardwired into our, uh, you know, it's, it's hardwired into us. So, so what that is about is if if you're walking, now you imagine cavemen and women, we're walking along, and suddenly a tiger or a snake jumps out at us. We don't have time to send that information for processing to the prefrontal cortex and make a decision on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's instantaneous. So, and the so, prefrontal cortex is a little bit lazy; doesn't really want to be disturbed unless yeah. it's absolutely necessary. Absolutely. So the amygdala it it, it it it's it's short circuited, and we and we just jump away. We just immediately move. So it's so it's hardwired into us, which is or we fight it maybe. Yeah. Or really maybe maybe want to wrestle the tiger. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Unfortunately, you can't do that at work with your no. boss. You know, you can't do that when you're faced with a stressful situation. So we have these threats because that's what they are. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's really interesting to see that they threaten us at every level, not just uh, like it would be so easy if it was all physical stuff, but it's not. It's emotional threats, threats to our sense of emotional security, our well-being, what people think of us. And those threats then produce chemicals in the body that have a knock-on effect. Yeah, stress hormone, uh, cortisol, like you know. Know it all too well. Yes, and indeed, most of us, a lot of us do. We've got this kind of residual background stress and anxiety and stuff like that, and that's tough to deal with. So we, we, we get flooded with it. We get these chemical messengers. And, and we, we're not maybe aware of this, but actually our behaviours and the way we are, are we're completely driven by them. Mm-hmm. We're completely, and we're trying to fight this with our thinking and our on our self will, which is you know that's very very difficult to do. So you get the adrenaline and you get the cortisol, and that that draws draws the blood away from the digestive system. It takes emphasis away from immunity as well. So your immune system is kind of put into a subdued state if you're in this stressed out phase because it's not a priority. Okay, and that's where you know, we, we start to break down mm-hmm. because our, and, get our, sick and, and get sick and everything else. And I mean, like, if we look at how, if we look at the impact of anxiety and then you get a, you write it down you get and you look at a, a sheet which gives you the impact of um, poor sleep, I mean, they're virtually identical. Mm. You know, they're virtually identical. And, and, and one, one can cause the other. One can cause the other, so you can be. That's why it's hard to know kind of yes. how to get in there and and which do you which do you look at? Do you look at the obviously you want to look at the anxiety and the sleep, but they both affect each other. Yeah, I want to ask you about. So we're talking about the cortisol, okay? Yeah, which. From my understanding, we produce uh, early in the morning. We produce it naturally to wake yeah. us up and to kind yeah. of get us through the day. Yeah. And it di- dips off in the afternoon. Yeah. And then melatonin uh, starts to kind of that's right, yeah. creep up. And that's supposed to get us settled then. Or it's it's almost like the call to action to go to sleep. Yes. And what I've understood with what was happening for me was yeah. that my cortisol levels weren't dropping off. Yes. They were staying really, really high. Yeah. And... So I wasn't getting sleepy. I wasn't, and the melatonin didn't really have a chance. I to, yep. to come up to where there was. Yeah. It didn't have that handover of yes. roles. Yeah. So for me, then 
that explained why I didn't feel sleepy. And yeah. then in the morning, because my cortisol was staying up there mm-hmm. because of my situation, I was then getting that added boost again of cortisol in the morning to wake us up. But I yeah. already had enough cortisol in there. Yeah, absolutely. So then I got stuck <clears throat> in this yeah. horrible, horrible cycle. Yeah. And eventually, obviously, I had to address anxiety in all of the, which ways that I've explored in the podcast. But one of the ways was to, mm-hmm. and we'll get to solutions for sleep, but one of the mm-hmm. ways was to try and intercept that in balance of between yeah. um, the melatonin and the cortisol I'm trying to basically give myself a little bit more melatonin mm-hmm. with the doctor prescription to help yeah. sort of hack yeah. my sleep mm-hmm. so am I right in saying that that's kind yeah, of what's no, going that's, on I mean, like, let's, let's look at it from a chemical perspective because it's driven by that so sleep is driven by the sunrise light enters the eye we've got very specific photoreceptors in our eyes even, even people depending on the damage but even people who are blind their circadian rhythm will be dictated still by the light going into their, okay. their pupils, right? So what happens is that sends a signal to the SCN, the super suprachiasmatic nucleus in the brain, which is a very specific region of the brain, which that's the uh, master switch, that's the timekeeper, and that's what drives the endocrine system to... To, to to carry out the function over the twenty four hours. So and the endocrine system is where our hormones. So, so come it's from. all your your hormones, right? right? So now they have multiple roles, right? So the SCN goes right. It's it's time to get up. So we have a spike in uh, cortisol. But pri- even prior to that, prior to that, if you're asleep at say six o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning is when your blood pressure spikes to get to get you ready to get up. Your body temperature starts to increase. You're still asleep. Right, and your body temperature starts to increase to get the muscles ready for action. So, all I mean, all of your systems are kind of set up like this. So, you get a spike in cortisol, which is it's it's very useful, right, at certain times if it's appropriate. And it's all about balance with all of these things. So, uh, serotonin and cortisol, um, we get a spike in these, and then we get up, we start moving around. Um, we these are like stress neurotransmitters to, to, to get to get the systems up and moving the day goes on we get lots of serotonin hopefully bright light signals early in the day and then later in the day cortisol like cortisol levels start f- to fall off or they should where they should they yeah. should if we're not like you know very stressed out if you're listening to this podcast they're probably not dropping off for you <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we give you ways in which you can you can help your body to do that right um, and then the serotonin that we've produced once darkness once, once it starts to get dark that serotonin it's turned into melatonin. So right. serotonin is a precursor to melatonin, okay. right? And your brain turns it into melatonin. And then what happens is melatonin levels start to build and build and build and build. And then that is one of the major mechanisms that pushes you into sleep. Now, the, ser- the melatonin is not going to work if you're if you're full of adrenaline and cortisol. Indeed, you know, the rugby players would have strategies for dealing with this after training, post-exercise, uh, and athletes too. And those are some of the things that like, I can easily share with, mm-hmm. share with the listeners. So, so that's what happens from a, a chemical perspective. Um, and hopefully then you should, you should have undisturbed sleep. But if you have elevated cortisol levels for, you know, for a long time, then obviously you're not going to sleep. Dopamine um, is, is another, has another sort of key role. Even things like progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, all of those, like testosterone peaks in the morning. We start to produce, women produce testosterone, men produce 10 times more, obviously. Your testosterone levels are at the highest in the, in the morning. It's, it's part of what's waking you up, so it slowly starts getting secreted in the, uh, while you sleep. Menopausal women have difficulty with sleep. They get hot flushes and um, uh, night sweats and stuff because of their progesterone levels, because they start to dip and fall away, and that causes sleep disturbances. So all of those, all of those chemical messengers 
are, are, are crucial to have in balance. And what is the... I mean, people take for granted the effect that even a mm. minor sleep disturbance can have on them. Yeah. But... What are the what's happening in your brain if you're if you're disturbing your sleep or if you're not getting to sleep in, in terms of those chemicals? In terms of well, it might be what I, what I can tell you. I mean, you're, you're disrupting you're disrupting the whole system really if you're not getting the quality sleep because it turns into that vicious cycle. It's like the it's like the negative coffee cycle, right? So you yeah. don't sleep. So the next day you get up and you're like, oh my god, I'm mm-hmm. so tired. I didn't sleep. I need a coffee to get me through the day. And then that coffee, you have so many coffees to keep you going yeah. that that coffee blocks the adenosine receptors in your brain. And adenosine is the sleep pressure it's the sleep. that builds up yeah. over the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it blocks the adenosine receptors. Uh, it's actually the same physical shape, caffeine, and it blocks the receptor. So you don't get that second mechanism. And it blocks it, but it doesn't get rid of it so that when the caffeine wears off, all that adenosine still is still there and you crash. Yeah, yeah you, you, you crash. And and sometimes with people, they can achieve sleep onset because we have what's called sleep pressure. Okay, mm-hmm. so again, it's like the adenosine. It's it's the aden- it's this pressure that builds up during, the longer we're awake, the, the higher the pressure. So we have the sleep pressure, we have the adenosine, we have the melatonin and all those came, things come together and, 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 and push us into sleep. And it's a really complex process. I mean, the, the, if I showed you the, the biological map of turning serotonin into melatonin, like it's it's a huge <laughs> chemical trail that's I've I, I struggled to get my head around it. It's it's very complex. So yeah. you can't you can't reproduce that with sleeping tablets or with mm-hmm. chemicals. It's a very blunt instrument. It was described recently as a very blunt instrument in in dealing with that. It's very complicated, but it's very easy to mess up. Yeah, and. What I know there's things, there's a lot of things that can, there's a lot of factors that can mess up sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to focus on the, the psychological factors that yeah. can mess it up. Can you talk me through those? The two two or three key things that I've come across, because I've, I've been in the, I suppose, doing a lot of, of talks in the corporate world um, for the last number of years. And, and I, I probably speak to hundreds of people every week on sleep. And so I get the questions and I get the issues. And, and the, I suppose the big ones that come up are anticipatory anxiety and just, you know, stress and, and, and worry. So how, I mean, let's look at anticipatory anxiety. We, 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 we do it to ourselves. So what, what happens is we're, we're very busy. All of us are very busy. And then we often jump into bed and go, God, I have to go to bed. I have to look after my sleep. It's another. And that can be another pressure even sometimes for us. You know, I have to get my sleep. I have to get my steps. I have to get this. You know, so anyway, we jump into bed. We don't have a proper wind down. And that's, re- from a psychological, emotional point of view, that's crucial, right? So we jump into bed and we go, Oh God, time to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> time to sleep. But then your brain goes, you forgot to take out the bins. Oh my God, did you email her? Oh, and you start doing a list of things that you forgot to do today. And just in terms of that worry at night, which is something mm-hmm. I've experienced a lot, when just in terms of what the brain looks like mm-hmm. when when it's middle of the night and we're waking up with anxiety or we're having anxiety as we're going to sleep is our ability to rationalise compromised because our prefrontal cortex prefrontal is kind of switched cort- off yeah prefrontal cortex switches off so a lot of the systems switch off so you're night. left with your fight you're left with your amygdala really <laughs> ruling the roost you're left with your amygdala and your hypothalamus and those areas and basically they're in charge of emotion and memory and stuff like that and uh, future like memory is is very you, you, your experience and your memory is very much associated with how you see things in the in the future. Okay. Okay. So those areas of your brain are, are stimulated and active. The logical areas of your brain are shut down to a large degree. Which is why it's so hard to rationalize. Which is yeah. Which is also why it's so pointless trying to 
argue with yourself because it's not going to be until the morning that you'll be able to sort of see clearly. That thing of um, the cold light of day, let's see it in the cold light of day, that sleep thing of it. sleep on it, all, all those things have... If you can. If, if you can, <laughs> if you're not awake thinking about it, you know. You know, hugely. But the anticipatory anxiety is, I have a very busy day tomorrow. Oh my God, it's so important I get this right. It's so important I do this. And I so. And when, when you start activating areas of memory and emotion, you, you start to activate... You can you can activate the the sympathetic nervous system, which means your cardiovascular system, your nervous system, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, your body releases sugars into the bloodstream, uh, and your brain is looking for danger. So that's what's kind of happening if you start activating those areas, and that is not conducive at all to sleep. It's the opposite. So we want to we want to activate the parasympathetic. Uh, system, which is the rest and recover mode. So if people are having sleep issues a lot of the time, would you say that if it's uh, psychologically induced, their sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive? Yeah, I would I would say that. Like we, you'd see you'd see that manifest in, in people who train late, maybe. Okay. Um, so that's fight, you're in fight or flight. People can't sleep. They might not have the psychological um, baggage okay. that goes with that but let's I mean looking at the looking at the the psychological baggage that is the stressors that that is the threat and I mean I the, one of the tools that I taught to, to the to the rugby players was I, I taught them a tool on how to deal with that and that's what I'm I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but um, in my workshops that are coming up I'm going to actually yeah I'm going to teach people I'm going to give people different tools to deal with that. You're going to give a few of them right I, here, aren't you? I am. I, I am. Indeed, I am. I, I am indeed. I am. I am certainly. I suppose the big one for me is 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 when the brain takes off. So we had the anticipatory stuff, which is one thing. But then you have you you really have that anxiety that you start sorting through your life. Maybe you start looking at yourself, or or maybe it's your current situation. You know, because if we look at stress, we have episodic stress, we have systemic stress, we have chronic stress. We have different types of. It's the same. I mean, like. When I was growing up, we didn't have all these words for it. Yeah, but you still <laughs> I mean, experienced them. You just well, didn't really know. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I, I, I've been through so much stress and anxiety in my in, in my in my in my life in early days and stuff like that. But we didn't have the vocabulary mm. to, to 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 deal with it. And I love it now. I mean, it's 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 much more open now. And like you say, you know, it's it's fantastic. So I suppose the ones that I've uh, looked at and have a lot of experience in, 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 in showing people and dealing people is that one where you're, it can be something specific, but they're, 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 they're bigger issues. And, and uh, you know, as I said, when everything quiet, quietens down during the day, because I think often if we talk about them, like, you know, if we talk about our, our fears and anxieties to other people, it dissipates. Maybe. Yeah. That's maybe enough that you say, look, I'm, I'm not feeling great. I'm feeling actually, and we have, we learn the language you know, um, to, to express them, and often that can really help. And also, I find social contact with people, because you, thought processes can be going on in your head that make perfect sense in your head. Mm-hmm. And then you sit down, you say to someone, and go, "Oh my god, <laughs> I sound, I sound that mm-hmm. that doesn't sound, you know." I, or you're even just taking it out of yourself, like something that I really like to do if I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed or worried before I go to bed is not to try and bury it or pretend like I don't feel it because I know at 2am I'm going to be wide awake thinking oh mm-hmm. Jesus but to almost allow myself to indulge in my worries and get them all out of myself and maybe onto paper or 100%. onto the poor unfortunate ear of my husband yeah. and then I sort of say okay well I've parked that yeah. so I know I'm not ignoring it but I can pick it up again in the morning Absolutely I think that's that's you're you're in a place of it where you're lying in bed you can't actually do anything about your problem really yeah. you know and I always say to people you can't think your way out of it a guy said to me many, many years ago, he said, you cannot think your way into better living. You have to live your way into better thinking. So if you're taking the right actions, 
you know, in your life. I, who's, you know, only you can say that. I love um, that. Live your way to better thinking. Yeah, live your way to better thinking. Because I think we, we know that if we're, if we're doing what we should be doing. That should be the title of your book. <laughs> <laughs> if we're doing what we should be doing, everything's great, right? Um, but if we're not, I, and, and that thing of I should be doing this, I should be better on this, I should be, and that kind of starts building up and eating away at you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing you said, avoidance. When you when you go, oh, I'm not going to think about that or I'm not going to, that is not going to help. Mm. You know, again, a friend of mine, he said, you can pray until you're blue in the face, but it's not going to change until you take action. Mm. You, different action, different results. And that's that's what it's about. So when you're in bed worrying about you can't really take action. But the thing that I teach people is to, first of all, recognise when their head goes. Recognise the thinking. Recognise the anxiety. Isn't that it, really? Because that's what it's about. And then start to look at it. So I, 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 I give them sort of columns to write in and I, and I, and I give them a process. Because with... Athletes and what, the other thing, I, like the other things that I share, are things that athletes do. And you know, I mean, you were talking to E. Madigan. A- athletes do the right things, but they have systems set up. So they have, a, and this is what if we look at business. It's the same. You know, you you have actions like healthy eating, healthy cooking, exercise twice a week, go to the gym. That forms part of a bigger system. And it's like it's it's there's a name for things like the onion. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the actual name. And then uh, the inner core is the person that you want to be the best version of yourself and you can ask yourself that question you know what, what would what would a really uh, you know happy healthy well balanced Tom or Caroline do in this mm. situation well they would do this right so if you do all the things and they form part of a system you are going to get to that place and you are going to get to that place of um, self-confidence of uh, being able to deal with with anything really you know and sleep is one of those things and but something we take for granted sleep is one of those things that it's, it's going to completely skew. You know, if you take it away, you're taking away a huge buffer to the, to the outside world. Um, you know, yeah. it's, uh, inter- both ex- internally and externally. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sleep can be um, compromised when we have anxiety, but is it true that 
we can be experiencing anxiety because of bad sleep. Yeah. So people do, people suffer from, there actually is a name on it, but people suffer, people worry about not getting enough sleep mm-hmm. so much that it stops them falling asleep. Okay. <laughs> and, and I always say, you know, we, we, we put ourselves, we can put ourselves under this pressure. And I'll give you a good example. If you, if you finish work, you come home, you sit down, you turn on the TV uh, and you're sitting there, you're relaxing, you're watching your favourite programme and you just start falling off to sleep. You mm-hmm. start not, the barriers are down, you're relaxed, you're at home. There's no pressure on you to do anything, only relax. And, you know, you're fighting to stay awake. And then you go up to bed. <laughs> and, you, and you're in bed and you're like... I feel like, were you, did you have a camera in my house <laughs> and see me doing this? Yeah, and then you're like, now I have to sleep now. Yeah, now I have to sleep because I've got this thing on. And that's the anticipatory stuff, anticipatory anxiety creeping. That's you putting yourself under pressure to sleep. Okay. And that's, that's um, you know, it's see how it changes. You're, you're Suddenly you're wide awake, you know. So I suppose the idea is, again, to have a strategy. I'm, I'm, I'm a great believer in having a strategy. Because okay. we can have all types of issues. Um What's your what's the solution? What's your strategy going to be? And I suppose that's what I I, I, I give people different simple little strategies that they practice, um, that they learn. I suppose outside uh, or outside of sleep, and then they, they can they can use these simple tools. And they're, they're they're not something that I've created. They're validated tools that have been used by by the likes of the US military and teaching mm. all their new recruits how to sleep. So can we maybe take me as an example and let's mm-hmm. just assume that I was in a very anxious phase of a lot going on. I'm just um, back to that place of a lot of cortisol and uh, obviously one of the first things that's going to be, be affected is my is my sleep. What kind of strategy mm-hmm. are you going to advise for me? Okay, so what we'd look at, I mean, the thing that people have to understand as well is this. What you do when you get up in the morning can have just as much of an impact on your sleep that night as what you do an hour before you go to bed. Really? Yeah. So you would look at, you know, we, we tend to look at, think about sleep or sleep hygiene or good sleep as kind of, well, 10 minutes before I go to bed or an hour before I go to bed. or two. But actually getting up in the morning and, say, getting exposure to bright light, that sends a very strong and definite signal to that SCN that I spoke about in the brain and that's your that's your time set that's your that's your master clock so if you send a very strong signal and also send a very strong signal for cortisol and serotonin and all the other neurotransmitters and in so doing your body understands very clear signals here get up and move around and get into action and that will really facilitate then the production of melatonin later that night so you we want to try and avoid too many um, stimulants or sedatives like alcohol, coffee, you know, sure, coffee's fine. So, uh, ca- caffeine is a half-life of about anywhere between five and eight hours, depending on your physiology. So if you have a glass, a cup of coffee at, at like 7pm, it won't even be half gone out of your system yeah. by like three in the morning or something? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the one of the examples you can use is maybe um, if you have four cups of coffee... I think I think uh, if you have four cups of coffee, it would be like if you have four cups of coffee early in the day, it would be like having one an hour before you go to bed. Mm. You know, so that's not what you want to do to your because again the the adenosine and maybe it it doesn't stop the onset uh, of sleep, but maybe it dis- it disrupts the quality. It's, it will stop you going very deep into the restorative phases and cause more uh, wake episodes than normal. So just just because it doesn't affect onset. So yeah, those are the type of things. So the stimulants and the sedatives, and then your routine, your ritual. What's your ritual? 
Tony Robbins says, you know, he talks about the ritual every day and what's your ritual for that? And we have great rituals for kids, but we should have a ritual for ourselves. I'm a huge fan of having a notepad and pen by the bed as well. Just get rid of, like you, and you said it there, like if you've got stresses or worries, you had a tough day and a rough day, and we've all had those days, is to write it down, get it out of your mind, and draw a line under it. And like, like physically writing, writing it out will really help. And then putting that notepad in the drawer and going, right, I'm locking that away for the day. You can cognitively do that exercise as well. Mm-hmm. So what I mean is you can lie in bed and visualise a notepad and pen and write down the things that are stressing you out or you're worried about. And then you put them into a big, massive suitcase. You lock the suitcase and you put the suitcase away and you mm-hmm. say, this is not in my control. I've, you know, I've done everything I can and I'll deal with it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also really important as well, what we were talking about earlier, not just to do those things, but to know that the parts of your brain that are engaged at mm-hmm. that time of night. So it's not your fault that you're worrying. Yeah, and I think for me, with everything I talk about with anxiety, if you can understand what's happening, why it's happening, that helps hugely. hugely. If, even if you haven't got, quite gotten to a solution, you haven't gotten rid of it yet. If yeah. I can say, well, like, if I'm lying in bed saying, well, I know my prefrontal cortex is having a snooze right now and I know my amygdala is a little bit worried because, you know, yeah. it's that's the only part that's been left on or whatever just that knowledge for me is yeah. kind of empowering absolutely I think and then I've I mean I've heard this before in various therapies sick, hungry, angry lonely, tired halt that it was it was hungry, angry, lonely, tired if you're sick, hungry, angry lonely, tired it's going to have twice or three times the impact on you emotionally everything you know so be aware that you're in that state okay you you know and it, I think it's having that it's 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 feeding that voice it's it's um, I always talk about the inner monologue what's your what's the dialogue to yourself Mm. you know and there is a very healthy well-balanced confident amazing beautiful person there in all of us and we need to nourish that with the right words and thoughts and as you know the actions and the day fades away a lot of this stuff comes up so mm. we need to we need to nourish that with 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 the right thought and say look it's been a, it's been a tough day okay I, and as you said acknowledge the fact that your thinking brain is tired <laughs> and it needs a rest, okay? And Don't um, even try and argue with it don't right even try now. And say, okay. Oh, it's like a child. Mm-hmm. Like a child that comes to you and goes, oh, I'm terrible, oh, I've had a really bad day, I fell and this happened and he said this to me. And you go, it's okay, it's okay. Be fine in the morning, mm-hmm. you know. And acknowledge it, write it down, park it up um, and even come up with a three-point action plan for the next day. Say, right, well, I'm going to do that and that and that. Sometimes, sometimes, not all that, but sometimes... The reason we're actually worried about this stuff is because we're not doing what we should be doing. Because mm. why? We're worried about the consequences. And we're never responsible for the consequences. We're only responsible for our actions. Because we can never guess what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We attach so much meaning to, well, if I say this or do this, that's going to happen. You know, and the world isn't like, life isn't like mm. that. And, and that's what that's what so often keeps us awake, and that's why we're on that loop. Focusing on what we can't control. Focusing yeah. on what we can't control. Talk to me as well about the physical effect, or the physical. What are the what's the word I'm looking for? Physical things that yeah. impact sleep. So screen time tech. So screen time tech. There's a lot um, of talk about that. Exercise. And ignore um, it. Absolutely. I mean, I think. Um, I need. To, I mean, I am trying really hard, but I will 
I'm giving it to my husband every night for it but he like he'll he'll take out his book and then he'll take out his phone he's like I just need a couple of minutes just to like it's like he thinks of it as therapeutic I'm like it's the single worst thing you're doing <laughs> by being hit. on the screen so what is your what is your thoughts on tech in yeah. bed and sleep tech in bed I mean like honestly every single crowd I speak to I ask who brings their phone into the bedroom and I get probably somewhere in the region of about a 96% uh, hands up you know most of us do now so um, and is that just so stupid uh, I mean it, it it is in one sense I mean you're or um, the blue LED light is twice as powerful as natural sunlight at suppressing melatonin. So you're essentially telling your brain to wake up and you're shutting down, you're literally shutting down melatonin. Okay. And, and I'm not even talking about doing the whole Instagram comparison thing or... Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. Literally just how the impact of your brain, just the like hormones. Physically, like physically, you're, you're shutting down the major sleep neurotransmitter. And that's enough of a reason not to do and it. And that's that, that alone is enough of a reason. Now, what you can do is you can go to brightness and display settings and cut that out. Blue light is also highly addictive. Mm. I've met researchers who've carried out studies on blue light and they said it's especially addictive for children. It's very worrying with children with blue light. Uh, so shut it out on your phone better off not to have your phone uh, if you if you are going to bring your phone let's use it in a positive way do not disturb no blue light and maybe uh, a meditation app okay so what about having a bath before bed or a shower wonderful. so another key trigger for sleep is temperature body temperature core body temperature so what we need to do is expel or get rid of our, our body temperature so having a hot shower it actually draws all the, the, the blood to your extremities to cool and it actually that helps, helps lower your core body temperature. So key trigger, um, your bedroom should be cold. It's a great idea to have a shower an hour before, half an hour before you go to bed. Uh, and that ditch will the electric blanket. Ditch the electric blanket. It'll be warm enough between the sheets. People are worried. <laughs> people are worried about like how you know when I when I say like I think sixteen to eighteen. That's quite cool for a bedroom. Mm. But essentially, what happens from a physiological point of view is melatonin production doubles with with low temperature. Okay. So as if you imagine cavemen and women, we 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 hunted, we gathered, we 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 got some food, we sat around the fire. The fire died down, got really cold. And then that was a key trigger for sleep. So uh, I find it very hard to actually shut off completely if if my f- extremities are cold. Like I I have to actually sometimes hold my hand around my nose and get out of the bed and put on socks. And, and once my yeah, but that's that's good. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So 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 put on the socks and the gloves even because that will help. <laughs> okay. That will actually help get rid of that, that will actually help with with, with your regulate your core body temperature as well. Believe okay. it or not. But you want like a nice. You want a nice, cool. Body you want a cool. You want a, you want a cool. You want a cool bedroom. Okay. And your 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 body will look after the rest. Okay. Because you will never sleep in it if it's too hot. I mean, if it's too cold, you can really cuddle under the. You can throw another blanket on, or you can cuddle up to someone, or whatever you may do, right, to get warm. But you will, you mm-hmm. will, and your body will will kind of regulate that. So, body temperature, the stimulants, the sedatives, uh, the, the ritual, uh, the tech. Get rid of the tech, or certainly, maybe not get rid of. Use it in a better way. Using it because I don't think it's doable for many of us, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah all, all all of those things play a key role. And what about sugar before bed? Or? People, um, certain foods will 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 help bring on sleep. So a lot of foods with um, an amino acid called tryptophan will help. Tryptophan again is a precursor to serotonin, and melatonin. So you know any any whole proteins, dairy, uh, cereals. So you know like a, a bowl of cereal, a banana, stuff like that. The, the whole sugar thing is it won't I mean 
it depends on what you've been doing earlier. Okay. I mean, you're looking at basically energy in, energy out. So if there's an energy deficit, right. you know, it's 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 fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too and much. And for improving your sleep, are you better off exercising early in the day or later in the day? Probably earlier. Um, if you're going to exercise later, I mean, like, okay, from a physiological standpoint, if we look at all the different attributes like circulation, blood pressure, testosterone, all the different things that might drive performance, we pr- are probably our best time to exercise would be five or six. But then, you know, that might push your bedtime back a little. The way to counteract that would be to have a hot, a hot shower, cold shower, so you're you're vasoconstricting. You're get you're getting rid of the metabolic buildup. Okay? okay, you're you're bringing blood flow with a hot shower, and then you're flushing it out with a cold shower. So that helps. One of the physiological things. The other thing to do is food. So three to one carbohydrate to protein. Uh, watch the quantity, and what that does is that activates the parasympathetic nervous system, and then the carbs. Th- of yeah, course, carbs. they do. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> carbs are great. They're yeah. so sympathetic. I love them. <laughs> there have been so many studies, believe it or not, on carbohydrates and uh, mood and stuff like that. There, are, there are studies out there. You know. Okay. Um, so eat your carbs for good night's sleep. Yeah. Each, no, no, let's let's be clear about the quality of carb, right? So I mean, like Skittles or carbs. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. let's say the good ones. Then. The good ones. We need we need the good carb. We need okay. the complex carbs. So things like um, you know, I mean, oats or cereals are are, are there's your you know f- f- fairly good. But for the most part, exercise a little bit yeah. earlier in the day so that you're not yeah. having a you're not big, having big, yeah. Exactly. Stimulant on your body Hugely, yeah. late at night. Absolutely. And then the, the final part is the deep breathing. And this okay. ties into the meditation. And, and scientifically how that works is um, you stimulate the vagus nerve. So the vagus, which is? Which is a nerve that runs from the brain and it's part of your parasympathetic nervous system and it runs all the way down through your body through the different systems and digestive system. So part of when you eat food and you eat the carbs and you eat the protein, um, that signals to the to the vagus nerve and that signals to the parasympathetic, oh, rest and Time to rest and digest, rest and recover. Okay. So that's what you're doing. You're hacking. You're kind of doing a biohack. Yeah. So instead of like waking up and checking the phone or doing, you know, go okay, I'm awake. That's a natural part of your sleep as well. Waking up is a natural part of your sleep. I wanted to ask you then for people if if they're extra nerdy like me. Obviously, the goal is just to get asleep and stay asleep. But what's what are what are those phases of sleep? Mm-hmm. And it's not like you said there's not un- yeah. abnormal to so wake what? up. Yeah, absolutely. We call it sleep-wake cycles. So we sleep in 90-minute cycles. Generally, we try and get five cycles a night. So five 90 minutes equals seven and a half hours. That's why the recommendation is so. And those modulate. And what I mean by that is, let's, let's take one of those cycles. So when you fall asleep, you fall asleep in stages. The adenosine and the melatonin and all those things build up and you tip into sleep. And your first 15 minutes is stage one sleep, which is light. Brainwave activity changes your core body temperature starts to drop and your heart rate starts to drop as you fall deeper into sleep in that stage two. In stage two, your core body temperature should have dropped by about two degrees. That causes a rise in melatonin production and that causes you to fall deeper again into sleep. So you go into stage three, stage four sleep. Your brainwave activity is changing throughout to reflect that. And then stage four is the deepest aspect and then you dream in stage five. And your first dream phase could be five, 10, 15 minutes. Okay, that's a light phase of sleep. That's your. That's the only REM. Critical for health. Now, whether you remember it or not, you do dream. Okay, um, and that full process of those five stages is ninety minutes, and then you go back. So you finish your dream state and you start. You start falling again deeper into sleep. The first two phases are the deepest. Okay, sorry, the first two cycles 
are, are, are the deepest. And then what happens is as we progress through the night, each dream phase gets longer. So if you think about it, you're, you're getting lighter and lighter sleep as the night progresses. Okay. And you, and you start to slowly wake up more and more and more. So that's what happens over the course of the night. And everything from immune, like a lot of your immune cells are made at night, your endocrine system balances, the repair is happening, the psychological repair is happening. The structure of your brain changes depending on the quality and quantity of your sleep. And again, like you said, you start taking away that stuff. And I'll give you an example. You know, for men, testosterone level. So if I miss out, if I get less than five hours, say, my testosterone level is that of a man who's 10 years older than me. Mm. Huge impact. Uh, immune cells. There's a 70% reduction in natural killer cells with less than five hours sleep. Wow. So it's pretty immediate. The impacts are pretty immediate. And as I said, the structure of your brain and all of the stuff that we're still finding out about and trying to measure, like, you know, the ability to deal with different stressors from an emotional or psychological point of view as well. Mm, yeah. Wow. There's so much to know about, about sleep. If someone has no problem falling asleep, but then their anxiety, for whatever reason, wakes them up. I know and I know it's yeah. natural to wake up, but we can't get back asleep. Yeah. What, why is that happening and what can we do? Look, it's, I suppose, look, we're, 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 we're exceptionally sensitive as humans. We're exceptionally sensitive to every, and, and that can really happen with people. If, if they've got issues going on in their life or stuff going on in their life, they're going to be woken up typically after the first two deep phases. After three hours, they'll tend to wake up. Very typical, okay? First thing to realise is that's okay. That's normal. Um, but if they've got stressors going on or particularly anxious, then I suppose they need to, to have a strategy ready or do something. And that's, I suppose, that's the big one for me is I kind of teach them how to deal with that. And something people ask me a lot is if, if they wake up in the middle of the night, should they get out of bed and go downstairs and turn on yeah. the telly or should they... Because, you know, then you start putting yourself under pressure to be like, oh my God, you, you need to get up in a few hours. And Yeah, I mean, like that, it, 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 it's so much about perspective, yeah. isn't it? Because some people, I've met people who go, oh, that's great, I have another two hours in bed. Mm-hmm. Or you you can look at that and go, oh my God, I've only two hours left to get up then. So it, it does depend on your... I suppose it's why you're awake. If you're awake and you're really anxious and stressed out, Going downstairs or walking around or reading a book, not going to deal with it mm. in my mind, in my experience. And so what I do then is I, I do the cognitive exercise that I teach people. And so you actually just address the concerns that ad- are keeping it. you awake? Address it. Address okay. it. Yeah. Write it down. Get it on paper. Get some context. Get some perspective on it mm-hmm. and come up with a, an action plan. Uh, and see what you can do the next day. So that's, I guess, if people are anxious for other reasons and it's impacting their sleep. But what do you mm. say to people who are anxious about sleep and worried that, oh my God, like I'm not getting enough sleep or I'm not able to fall asleep. I know that's going to have such a massive impact on me because of what we're learning about sleep now. How, how can they relax about sleep? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, very good, yeah. Um, it's kind of oxymoronic that people are so stressed out uh, and measuring everything and that's what's keeping them awake. And I've met people who are like that, who say, like, I wake up in the middle of the night and check to see how much sleep I've got, you know. Oh and, and I know, it's like perfor- another performance thing. Um, so, so would you recommend using those apps that help I, track your sleep or do you think it's look, making us more paranoid? It, it will depend on the person because okay. some people, some people, it's, it's actually a negative, whereas other people, it's it may be a good thing. So what I would say to those people is... If you are relaxed, if you're if you view it as not not you know I have to sleep here, I have to put myself you know you're putting yourself under pressure, and I I sometimes say to people, 
try and stay awake as opposed to try and fall asleep. And it just changes everything around in your head. You go, okay, I'll try and stay awake instead of trying to fall asleep and see how long I get. You Reverse know? psychology. It, is, it kind of yeah. is, really. It's, and it's mad how, how well it works. It takes the pressure off you having to fall asleep anyway, for starters. Mm. So what I'd say to those people are view it all as something positive that you're, okay, if if you know, I'm not going to fall asleep, that's fine. I'm 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 relaxed. You're I still am, resting. You're still resting. If we look at something like meditation, and we compare brainwave activity to someone who's meditating and awake to someone who's in stage one sleep, it's the same. Wow. So uh, that's why I mean, meditation is one of those wonderful tools that uh, we should be using a lot more of. And it's something. There's a there's a book called Altered Traits. It's by Daniel Goleman, who wrote Emotional Intelligence, and he's a Harvard researcher. So himself and another Harvard researcher wrote a book on meditation. They have probably 40 or 50 years experience each in meditation because they're huge fans since the 70s. And it has, you know, exceptional benefits. And it's it's the untrained mind that keeps us awake. And meditation is a tool that we can use to help train the mind. So it cha- I, and I love the, the title of the book because they talk about traits and states and this is crucial for people with anxiety. If we if we're anxious, if we're full of fear, we're we're in a state. We're mm. you know that's our emotional state, and our our emotional state is not a good indicator. Our thought process, our thoughts when we are in an emotional state, are not good indicators of our health, our well being, our life, where it's going, or anything else. So that's a huge thing to say to people. I feel, mm. you know. Are, are your thoughts uh, and your emotions can't be relied upon at two o'clock in the morning when you wake up. No, okay. absolutely not ever. So, don't trust them. They're lying to <laughs> don't you. Don't trust them. They're a liability. Absolutely. Because you're, that's when you're, you're you're going to get like these grenades thrown in a worst case scenario in your life and you're going to lose everything. You start mm. attaching all these meanings onto these things. So again, I mean, you know, when you start to realize that, it, it goes okay. So realize it's, it, it's, only, it's only a state. And so something like meditation or a body scan exercise uh, where you're taking your your mind and you're giving it an exercise enough to engage it yeah. and almost distract. I find that massively, yeah. massively helpful. Yeah. Is there anything else you think is really important to mention or that people should be aware of in trying to improve their sleep for their anxiety or improve their anxiety for their sleep? <laughs> I suppose uh, I'm a huge fan of kind of looking at the full picture. Looking at, because when I, when I say to people with sleep issues, say like, why, why are you having sleep issues? Is it the psychological, emotional stuff? Is it, is it the physical stuff? So let's look at the very briefly controlling what we can control. Because this, this is what the athletes do, right? They have a system and they, they control everything they can. So light, you control. Strong light signals early in the day, no light signals, electronics, very low in, later in the day. Caffeine, you know, a certain amount of caffeine. Watch the caffeine. Food, two hours before, you know, try and not, not to have any food or lessen, lessen the activity of the digestive system. Routine, very critical. You have a good, set a good routine. Make your bedroom a haven for sleep, not an entertainment area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the habit, the heat, temperature. Keep the temperature at the right level. And then even something like body positioning and, and no clutter in your room, like imagine a perfect sleep sleep haven, mm. and you create that. So you're you're controlling all those physical attributes, and then from a, an anxiety or psychological point of view, you know, I suppose again I mentioned the untrained mind, and I mean, we 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 must try and not let the hamster get in the wheel, and and our emotions and our thought processes at three o'clock in the morning to overwhelm us because mm. that's what they often do and instead of trying to stop it just say there you go running on your on your treadmill away would you go I'm not going to pay you too much attention 
I know that the adult is going to take back over in the morning. So so just kind of accept it and understand why it's happening because of what's the parts of your brain that are engaged. Yeah. And don't feed into it too much. Don't feed into it. The worst thing you can do is, is, is buy into it. I mean, like, my father used to say to me, I'm not worried about the problem you have. I'm worried about the solution you're going to apply. So the, the solution you apply is you do your 10 or 15 minute cognitive exercise of writing it down or doing whatever you have to do. And then you, you know park it up if you feel like getting up get up if you feel like you know uh, reading a book or whatever distracting the mind doing a meditation listening to a podcast I mean you know that's what I do I mean, I listen to podcasts or... You say um, my podcast puts you asleep. Not, no, darling, no, not, <laughs> not yours, not yours. Um, I, I hope I it does, to, I hope it does make people feel relaxed enough to fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, the, the last thing they hear at night is Caroline's voice, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I listen to a football podcast or a documentary or something like that, okay. that, and that completely just, you know, it's enough to engage my mind without being super stimulating or anything. Yes, and I, that's honest the spot between yeah. distraction and, and stimulation. Yeah. So it's it's all, and the, and the other thing I'm going to tell people is that... Do the things during the day that you have to do. Deal with some of the stuff. If something's keeping you awake at night because you're not doing something, no matter how much you avoid it, no matter what, you know. And unfortunately, the thing thing with fear is, is that you do the thing that makes you afraid and you get the courage after. Mm, Yeah. Which is just so not fair, isn't it? It's not fair. And I just, I'm always saying the quote of um, the only way around fear is right through it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, courage is, is the more, it's not about being, having no fear, but it's about having courage and being brave. Well, that's it. Well, and the difference between bravado, bravery and courage is the bravado is when you show up in the battlefield, right? But the courage is when you actually do the thing. Mm. So like I, for anyone out, I mean, like I, I've gone through so much, so many different things and fear and anxiety in my own life. And like, trust me, like I can, I can tell you, it, the, the rewards are huge if you can go through that. And the only way to go through it is actually do the thing that you know, do the right thing, do the appropriate thing for you. That, but you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you, you get the tremendous burst of courage at you after. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such an exhilarating experience, but we quickly forget it. Yeah. Don't we? Now, and then just the final thing I'd like to say on that, the black hole of worry, of fear, of all that kind of stuff. It's like a spiral downward. And when we're in that place, it feels real. It's so real. It's incredibly real. It's crippling people. Mm-hmm. And then when we're in the good place, we do the thing. It, life is, isn't life fantastic and you feel empowered? And you feel, no, this is reality. You know, but I suppose to realise that both of them can mm. be our reality. And the main takeaway for me is just to respect and appreciate the power of sleep and definitely move away from any kind of mentality that you used to see surviving on a four hour night a kind of badge of honour or anything it's just it's so crucial it's one of the pillars like you say for for well-being and one that we should not be taking for granted Tom Coleman thank you so so much let people know about your events um, and when they're coming sure. up and where they can get tickets and we're, I believe yeah. we're going to do a giveaway are oh, we yeah, for gonna, some we're, of our we're going to do a giveaway so I've, I've got a workshop coming up uh, the first workshop is on Saturday the 21st of January brilliant um, so I've, I've called it quite uh, appropriately the fear workshop great does so what it says in the it tin. does what it says in the tent because I've 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 been around to so many different events and talks and things like that and you know what it's the elephant in the room mm. I give people a, t- a tool that will transform their life ultimately several tools lots mm. of tools and I deal with the emotional the cognitive the physical from the exercise the food all aspects of it mm-hmm. and I try and give people an array of different tools to tackle 
the issue of anxiety and fear in their life. Okay. So the first one is on the 25th and the next one is on the 1st. So I am giving Caroline a couple of tickets to uh, for, 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 the, for the listeners to come along. And uh, tomcullman.ie is my new website and I'm just they're, they're, um, the, the contact details will be there okay. and also Eventbrite the fear workshop okay and I'll put the the, the event details in, their pro- in the podcast description as well Super. and to win you have to sleep 8 hours a night every night until then <laughs> <laughs> we want to see you we want to send in your uh, your tracking yeah so Caroline can, des- can yes. decide Tom thank you so much uh, there's so much there to take away about sleep and I can't wait to go home and put my PJs on Super thank you very much for having me Caroline Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.